You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, one more day to go till the NBA trade deadline, and we're going to touch on that today. We'll also probably touch on it a little bit tomorrow as well, um, and we're going to focus on Drew Holiday. I don't think he's being traded, but there have been some packages from the um, Miami Heat, from the Toronto Raptors, from the Denver Nuggets kind of floated out there. Let's look at those. Are any of those even remotely intriguing? Maybe one or two are. One, definitely not. I'll let you all know what that is. And then what it would take maybe to actually pry Drew Holiday away from the New Orleans Pelicans at this trade deadline. And then, of course, we do have the game last night, which we'll start with. The Pelicans falling to the Milwaukee Bucks by 12 points. A 120-108 loss. We'll break that all down. Zion, a tough night. Kind of a welcome to the NBA moment for him just a little bit. But overall... I don't know. It wasn't horrible, I guess. Um, the Bucks are really good. So we'll break down that game, talk more trade deadline stuff, and maybe get a quick laugh at the New York Knicks in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Let's do it. All right. So it was a 120-108, a 12-point loss for your New Orleans Pelicans against the Milwaukee Buck uh, Bucks. You know, just as, as a forewarning here, the Bucks are good. They are now 43-7 and seven after this one. They beat teams by an average of like 12.5 points per game. So the Pelicans kind of right on in that range. And you saw for a first half, this one was close. The Pelicans were actually up three at halftime. And at one point held a 10-point lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. Now that comes after kind of an explosion from the three-point line in the first quarter. In particular, Lonzo Ball scoring nine points right off the bat, going three of four. Uh, but unable to get anything done inside and this is partially by design for the Milwaukee Bucks but they let basically the Pelicans kind of hang around for a half when New Orleans was 10 of 26 from three and the Bucks weren't shooting all that well and then in the third quarter despite not playing well they managed to just completely flip the script on New Orleans and this is how good this team is they just went inside the paint and scored it well bombed away enough from three themselves um, to hurt you and then just did what they wanted defensively, and once New Orleans went cold, and they did in that quarter, and then the rest of the game too, it wasn't very hard for them to kind of just cruise to a victory and all of a sudden blow the whole game wide open. They won the third quarter 42-24, to 24, um, and that was and feels about right. Basically, it was just going to be a rough night once the Bucks really started getting going and New Orleans wasn't shooting lights out like they did to start the game. And for the rest of the way, in the second half, after again going 10 of 26, they were 4 of 23 from deep. They took 49 threes, one off of their uh, franchise record, which they did against the Houston Rockets with 50 this season. 
So once the shooting started to go, this could have been a long night, but credit to New Orleans for battling the entirety of the time, never really giving up, even when all of a sudden it looked like they were going to get blown out. They at least managed to kind of keep it close at times. And a lot of that credit goes to Brandon Ingram, 32 points on the night, seven rebounds. He was 12 of 19, three of nine from deep and five of six from the line um, and battled as much as he could. This is, again, a very, very good Bucks team. And he couldn't really get it going inside the paint, though he did have a couple of nice baseline dunks, but it was more his jump shot that was really going to kind of keep him going in this one. And he took advantage of what was there, which is all you can really ask of him to do. Zion Williamson on the other side, despite finishing with 20 points, seven rebounds, and five assists, that, those look good. It took him 19 shots to get those 20 points. He was five of 19. That's 26.3%. 0 for three from deep and 10 of 14 from the line and had to work as hard as he could, probably the hardest he will ever work to score those 20 points in this one. The Bucks' defense is built around just packing the paint and not letting you get a damn thing inside. The Bucks outscored the Pelicans in the paint in this one, 60 to 40. So when Zion kept trying to attack, he was going right into a dude like Giannis Antetokounmpo. You also have uh, guys like Chris Middleton down there, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, basically just length everywhere. And they made it very difficult on Zion on the night. He was getting a shot blocked a significant amount. They have such long arms and they kind of spike the ball into the ground when they block you that he didn't really have a chance of grabbing his own rebound like he did. But again, credit the young guy for still trying to do it. 20 shots is sorry. 19 shots is a lot. And he was relentless. He didn't seem to get in his head. He didn't seem to sulk that it just wasn't going his way last night. And that's kind of what you want to see that type of attitude. I love it as much as I'd have liked to have seen them win or play a little bit better. Just seeing that right attitude from Zion Williamson gives me a lot of hope. And I think you need to give him a lot of credit for this and shows you the type of player he is that he is fearless going right at Giannis multiple times. And Zion also tried to dunk right on over him, got fouled, didn't convert it, uh, really wanted to go out there and play. And then in the fourth quarter had a moment where Giannis grabbed a rebound and Zion just ripped the ball right out of his hands, um, which was pretty awesome to see too. It's just you're going to have a rough night playing the Bucks. They're They're really good. They're going to leave you open for three. And if you're not converting those looks, you're going to lose. For the first half, the Pelicans converted those looks. They kept it close. They were winning. And then once they went a little bit cold, not going to happen. And there's not much you can do in this one. Drew Holiday out of sorts in this three of 14 from the field. Just seven points, four turnovers, five assists, three rebounds. Not the best. Lonzo Ball, 11 points, 14 rebounds, but just three assists too. When you have a team as the Pelicans did shooting 38.4%, you're not going to get a ton of assists Overall, he was not even remotely looking to kind of get into the paint and break down the defense. And whenever he'd get the ball and start to drive would pass way too early. Um, and I think that hurt things a little bit, just made it tough for New Orleans to get much of anything going uh, on the night. That was him. Derek Favors, 25 minutes in this one, uh, zero points. 
just five rebounds. Again, it's tough for uh, anyone to play in the paint against the Bucks, and that's kind of how it's going to go. J.J. Redick, 13 points on the night. Jackson Hayes got a little bit of run, grabbed one rebound that was a pretty strong rebound, so I was happy about that. That was about it. Josh Hart, not the best shooting night, uh, which we could say about all the Pelicans here. Three of nine from the field, one of six from deep. Eight points, though, did grab seven rebounds, four assists for him. Nicolo Melli hit three threes in this one in route to nine points, and then each one more putting up eight as well. They're just a really good team. It's kind of as simple as that. You kept it, I don't know, reasonable against them for what they kind of do to other teams. So I don't know if this is one you can be really all that upset about. It probably just kind of hurts the playoff chances even more so. But again, I don't know what you're supposed to do against a team that's looking like they're going to win 70 games this year um, and is right now 43-7 and seven and as good as the Bucks are. On the night, Giannis, by the way, 34 points. Chris Middleton chipped in 20. Giannis also had 17 rebounds, 6 assists. Dude's really, really good. Eric Bledsoe, 16. Wes Matthews, 17. Brooke Lopez, 12. All of their starters in double figures. That was enough. They didn't need to do much more than that. Pelicans dropped the game. That's that. We can just move on. So we'll get to Drew Holiday here in just a minute. Is there any offer out there that we've heard rumored that make any sense that I would get excited about? I'll tell you all in a moment. But before we do that, the Locked On Podcast Network is having a fun trade deadline promotion. If you want to win two tickets to see the Pelicans here, you can do that by guessing an NBA trade just perfectly. That's all we're asking before it happens. You're going to pre-bomb the Woj bomb here. So go to any of the Locked On NBA Network accounts on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, post the trade you think will happen. Tag the tag five people with your trade in your post. You can tag me and that at Locked On Pels to make it a little bit easier. And then if you're right, you then have a chance to win two tickets to see the Pelicans or any team you want in their home arena. Trades are going to be evaluated based on players and picks, not if there's cash included in this one. And if multiple people win, the first person with the correct trade is the winner. We're going to choose one uh, winner across all of the Locked On Network social accounts. Um, and then if no one guesses an exact trade, we'll get the one closest to it so go pre-bomb the Woj bomb it's at locked on nba net that's the easiest way to do it on twitter but also on facebook um, and instagram as well it's going to be kind of fun some people are putting some pretty good ones out there so go get in the action win some free tickets go see zion in person can't ask for much more than that so the trade deadline is tomorrow, which means we're still going to be hearing a ton of rumors around right now. One being that, look, Drew Holiday doesn't seem to be going anywhere unless someone blows the Pelicans away. And if you're reading some of these supposed rumors and trade offers for Drew Holiday, yeah, I don't think that's about to be the case right now. So let's run through the three biggest ones that seem, I don't know, maybe the most concrete, if that is such a thing right now. Um, for Drew Holiday. And we can start with the Miami Heat because they could be the most interesting package uh, out there for Drew Holiday if they want to part with some of these pieces. However, I don't know if they do or even if they should. The Miami Heat right now are 34 and 15. They're tied for third in the Eastern Conference. They're in a good spot for everything and a pretty good team, a playoff team. So they could easily stay the course. And after watching the Milwaukee Bucks play in the game last night, I don't know if adding Drew Holiday is enough to kind of overcome that team. That Bucks team is really freaking good, y'all. So 
I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for them to try and give up some of their young guys in order to try and um, make a run at Drew Holiday. So you need to build a trade around um, a couple of different guys and likely multiple of them. Otherwise, it isn't going to happen. But if Miami were to offer, and they need to offer multiple young guys because they don't really have picks to trade. They can't give a first-round pick away until 2026, which maybe New Orleans is feeling that, but that's a little bit of a ways to go here. And I don't know if they necessarily know what the Miami Heat are going to do as much as they know what the Lakers are going to do, and that's why they stretched some of those picks out. So you could go for a guy like Bam Adebayo, um, their young power forward who's only 22 years old, plays some center two for him, and is an all-star this year, averaging 16 and 10, along with five assists per game. That's pretty good. Isn't a court spacer whatsoever for you, but it's no doubt that you could put him in the front court with Zion Williamson and use him maybe as a replacement for a guy like Derek Favors. He's been good, good enough to be in the all-star game, and he kind of splits his time, mainly power forward, but can play center, giving you a little bit of that positional versatility that New Orleans would like. The other guy they would then at least need to include, and it's likely going to need to be both of these guys in there because with no picks, you've got to kind of counterbalance that somehow, is Tyler Hero, their rookie uh, this year from Kentucky, who is a straight-up sharpshooter, uh, shooting almost 40%, 39.3% from deep so far this year. He's a rookie, um, and he's listed as day-to-day right now. I didn't realize he was injured. Oh, it's just foot soreness. That's okay. 13 points per game, four rebounds to assist, but he is certainly going to be a credible deep threat and can definitely create on the bounce and for himself a little bit more than a guy like JJ Reddick can. So if you were to include both of those guys, yeah, I'd probably be uh, pretty intrigued from them as well. You also maybe want to get them to include someone like Duncan Robinson, uh, who's been a pretty good front court wing player for him as, uh, as well. 12 points per game along with three rebounds and an assist. Um, and he's a very credible threat from three right now. He's averaging almost eight attempts per game and he's hitting on 44% of them. If we can get some combination of those three guys, You'd be pretty happy with that. The problem is the Miami Heat aren't. And if they offer you one and like a 2026 first round pick, that's just not going to get it done for Drew Holiday. And frankly, the hypothetical trades kind of only get a little bit worse from there. The other off-rumor team has been the Denver Nuggets, but they're not willing to move uh, Michael Porter Jr. And I don't even know if the Pelicans would want him. And if you're going to try and build a package around, say, Gary Harris and Malik Beasley plus an unprotected first round pick from Denver, let's just say there's no if they try and protect it. okay, whatever. Um, Then I don't think that's that intriguing. I don't think Gary Harris is anything other than a league average point guard. So you can trade Drew Holiday, bring him back in, and it just does kind of nothing for you. Obviously, it's going to be worse than Holiday, but you have a guy in Josh Hart who can give you a lot of what Gary Harris does. Maybe not quite some of the the lead ball handling duty responsibility stuff, but the rebounding's better. Other things are better. The shooting's better. I just don't see what adding Gary Harris to this team really does. He's not really anything other than a scorer, and he doesn't have a great three-point shot this season, 31%. So, eh, 
If you're going to do that, I, I don't know. I don't, don't get excited. Now, Malik Beasley at times has looked really good off the bench for Denver, averaging eight points per game, doing it on 36% shooting from deep. But is that a dude that like is going to be the centerpiece of a trade for Drew Holiday? No, not a chance. He's in his fourth season in the NBA, and he's got a career average of 7.4 points per game. He averaged 11 last season. That's good. But he gave you two rebounds uh, and one assist while shooting 40% from deep. He's a career 38% shooter from deep. But again, you have enough three-point shooting on this team. I don't think that he's necessarily someone that you like need that's going to kind of make a difference for your team. So I'm not really as excited about him. And in a first-round pick, I mean, Denver's good this year. They are third in the West, 34-16. and 16. At worst, their pick, a best their pick, is going to be like 24, 25 in the draft, something like that. Cool. So you get the 25th pick in the draft and two average dudes at best. That's not going to get it done. Like, I don't see what the point of that is. Um, and if they can't come up with a better offer, like, no, I'm not excited about that whatsoever. They're not going to include Michael Porter Jr. And like I said, I don't even know if he's that much of interest to New Orleans. So that kind of kills a trade like that a little bit. And then finally, the the other team that's really been rumored to kind of be in the running for Drew Holiday would be the Toronto Raptors. I don't, I'm not even excited about this sort of in any capacity whatsoever. You have OG... And Anobi, and he's looked like he could be the next coming uh, coming of Pascal Siakam, and he's averaging 10 points per game, five rebounds per game, and almost two assists per game, and he's doing it on reasonable shooting, 37% from deep, and he's a pretty good young player. Defense is good too, but if you look at his game, and I watched a lot of film on him recently, he doesn't impress you that much. He's just not consistent. This is a guy who has played 49 games this season, and in 26 of them, he hasn't scored in double figures, more than half. That's not great. In a lot of those, he's not giving you a ton of rebounding. In about half of them, he's giving you four or less. It's just not that kind of exciting from a dude that would be the centerpiece around Drew Holiday. He hasn't scored over 10 points um, in now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. With the last nine games, his high is 10. Now he has games where he'll give you 18, 21, 19, and so on. And sometimes it's consistent, but sometimes it isn't. And that's not a great thing to have. Plus, any first round pick they have isn't going to be good because they're a good team. They're second in the East right now. So if you're going to build a package for Drew Holiday, a two-way player and one that would elevate you significantly, you need a young guy and a pick at the very least. I just don't know if Ananobi is the guy. So it's just not any sort of exciting package for Drew Holiday right now. And it just kind of means that New Orleans shouldn't move him. Again, I'm kind of of the mindset that they shouldn't move anybody currently because I think there's more value in trying to re-sign each one more, trying to re-sign Derek Favors, and you're just not going to upgrade enough to get into the playoffs. Like I, I'm, I've kind of given up on the playoff chase for New Orleans right now. I've kind of been resigned to this fact probably since the day of the uh, Rockets game before that, just watching how Portland's playing though. And so, you know, not great the other night. Um, and so overall, like, yeah, 
I think it just kind of like is what it is here. Um, but I just don't think they should do much of anything, let alone move Drew Holiday, because maybe you can make a run at a strong playoff spot next season with them. So I don't see any reason to make a trade, especially with those are some of the rumored offers. Nothing there is exciting to me. All right, so we've got a little long, but we got a couple more things I want to touch on here. So don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And it's an exciting time because, well, it's the trade deadline and Zion is out there. And watching him duel with Giannis uh, last night was pretty fun to watch. So Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. So Mark Stein of the New York Times sent out his weekly newsletter yesterday mentions in there that the Pelicans are rumored to now be buyers and wanting to make a playoff push. Now, I I don't know if this is necessarily true or not, and who knows what's going on in the inner workings of the front office here, and they've been a little bit quieter than years past, Um, you know, but I think it's kind of interesting. One, maybe they are. But two, given the realities of the playoff situation, and we're, we're staring it right in the face, it's it's going to be tough. There's no other way to put it. Even with that easy schedule at the end of the year, you've got to jump too many teams that are playing good basketball. The Memphis Grizzlies are playing well, and then the Portland Trailblazers are playing good basketball too, and it's not like the Spurs are just going to go away. They're wanting to get into the playoffs in what could be Popovich's final season. So you've got a lot of work to do there, and it's tough. Now, you can make a move for that, but again, it's still going to be a long shot to get into the playoffs. So do the Pelicans want to give up future assets to make that move? And maybe because they have a lot of draft capital in upcoming drafts, particularly in the second round. So if you found the right move, certainly it makes sense. I just can't see that move being for an inspiring contract. I saw um, the Morris brother in New York on the Knicks mentioned as a possible trade target, and he takes a lot of threes and is hitting them well and is kind of a tough-nosed, bit of a badass dude. But there's some locker room stuff there uh, with him, though I don't think I'm as negative on him in terms of being a bad locker room presence as maybe others are. And I believe Alvin Gentry's coached him already. So you have that kind of in the mix with everything, too. But certainly they're a bit of a head case at times. But he's an expiring deal. So if you're going to use those second-round picks, you may as well bring back someone who's going to be on the team for sure next year. And if it's not that, I just don't necessarily see it working. But something to keep in mind that right now it is the rumored the Pelicans could be buyers. Um, And that's, I think, what they would be versus sellers at this point in time, even with the loss to the Bucs and where the Pelicans stand in the playoff race. I think it's still, again... Just nothing happening. Maybe a small move around the edges, but nothing that's like, oh, whoa, wait, this maybe gets them into the playoffs. Now, speaking of the Knicks, they fired their president yesterday in what's kind of a weird but also smart move. And we can get our jokes off, and we did on Twitter about this. Um, But the Knicks firing their guy, James Dolan firing their guy to make – it was actually probably the smart move here. And I think it definitely – uh, needed to happen. The last thing the Knicks should not have been doing is making kind of a win now, mortgage the future type move, like maybe it was rumored they would be doing for uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's right now the hottest name out there on the trade market, though it doesn't look like he necessarily will get moved too when it comes to 
um, this trade deadline. So firing Steve Mills was probably good so they don't burn draft picks and different things like that. And now it means they'll trade away Morris, which is what they should have been doing in the first place. But it just always f reminds me of there's a big market team there that can't get it right. And ownership is the greatest equalizer in all of sports. And you look at Gail Benson, who is invested on this side of for franchises, giving David Griffin basically a blank check to do what he needs to do and also just giving him a ton of money to lure him here anyway when the Knicks wanted to get him and he didn't want to take the job. And, yeah, makes a big difference. They can be in a big market until they fix the ownership situation there. It's not going to matter. And that's one team that the Pelicans are in better shape than, which is kind of cool to see. Screw those big markets. Go small little New Orleans uh, for everything. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Gone a little bit long here. Gave you a recap of the game. Talked more about Drew Holiday and why I'm not excited about any of those offers out there. It would take like two young guys and a pick, basically. Or like one young guy, one solid role player and a pick. Let's call it that. For me to really want to make a deal. And I just don't see a team offering that. So again, that's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Let me know what you would trade Drew Holiday for. I'm curious about that. Uh, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.